This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 84, Your Intuition and Your Fullest Potential. Have you ever considered that your intuition can help you access your inner wisdom, better trust your instinct, and really find your path in life? That might seem like a big promise to you, but the truth is no one knows you better than yourself. For this episode, I sat down with Amisha Gadiali. Amisha is an award-winning social entrepreneur, intuitive therapist, teacher, and global leader. She's the host of the acclaimed podcast, The Future is Beautiful, which explores the relationship between politics, spirituality, sustainability, and creativity. She's also the author of the book, Intuition, Access Your Inner Wisdom, Trust Your Instinct, Find Your Path, hence our subject of today. She has an extensive background leading meditation, breath work, yoga, and energy healing, and she's been featured in publications including the Huffington Post, Vice, The Guardian, Harper Bazaar, Vogue, and many more. And she has spoken at tons of events and festivals around the world, including TEDx at Oxbridge, just to name one. A selection of her meditation, myths, poems, and mantras are available on the app Insight Timer, so you should check that out if you're into it. And if you like this podcast, you can continue to get inspired and continue to learn even more with a premium subscription. As a member, you can get early access to regular episodes, a ton of exclusive audio and video content, the ability to request the exact kind of episode you need to continue to deepen your personal practice and path. This podcast is really a way that I contribute to the community and this membership is a way you can do that too. It allows you to share everything yoga has to offer to the world by supporting me in the creation and in the production of this podcast and the extra content. So if you'd like to make a difference, join me, visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat and become a premium member. I will thank you right now in advance for your support. All right, let's get to our episode of today with Amisha. Hi, Amisha. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is an absolute joy. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So, Amisha, for listeners that don't know you very well, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what in your life brought you to want to focus some of your work on intuition? Yeah, well... I would say that um, beyond everything else, I'm a yogi and that the path of yoga has been really like a, a path of life that for me has encompassed everything and the, the wholeness and also the relationship with my cultural heritage being Indian and wanting to live from a place of of self-mastery and also of community and connection and so for me I would say today that I'm a sacred activist and that a lot of my work has been around how we contribute to making the world a more beautiful place Mm -hmm. and that's through my podcast The Future is Beautiful and a lot of work that I have done in sustainable fashion and political activism and social entrepreneurship and then for me the inner path was such a strong calling and once I really opened up to that and into teaching yoga and meditation uh, it really opened up the importance of intuition 
and yeah so a yogi I, I would say <laughs> is is mm-hmm. what I am mm-hmm. but um we use a lot of tools yeah certainly so knowing that our intuition is that ability to know something instinctively without having to need the intellectual proof of that knowing it should be something that we have access to fairly easily or you know all the time but it's not quite the case so why have we lost contact or why have we lost some of our contact with our intuition yeah well there's lots of reasons and they're so much bigger than us and it's important to recognize the collective history that we're coming from and the systems of oppression that we live amongst and so words you know that are talked about a lot like patriarchy capitalism colonialism like these are a real systems that have affected like who we are and what we've paid attention to and I find with intuition it's really interesting and when you look at events such as massacres of indigenous peoples in certain lands um, colonial um, imposition on many cultures And, you know, this, the, the, the great witch hunts that took place across a number of years in a number of countries, you find that it's so strong in our ancestry that there's this thing about us that is more connected. It's more connected to our own inner wisdom. It's more connected to each other and it's more connected to the earth itself and all of life and that due to all of this violence that aspect of us was murdered and also driven underground and Mm. because of that it it means that there's there's so much to work through in order to really be free to to live an intuitive life and also it's meant that culturally now we're not taught intuition as kids I mean we all have it as kids but it's often kind of slapped out of us and our education systems slap it out of us even more and focus so much on just the the rational logical part of our mind and the ability to learn and recall information and our workplaces are very similar to that and so we just don't have a lot of space to to develop our intuition and often when people do until very recently it's been ridiculed and taken down you know people are called woo-woo or weird or you know mm-hmm. witches have been like depicted as these scary spinster single <laughs> nasty women that live like you know at the edge of the forest and want to hurt the lovely children And so all of these cultural ideas take us so far away from actually that very innate connection and what I see as simply part of our intelligence. And of course, it hasn't worked completely. We all still have intuition and much of our culture and society does still run on intuition. Um, But we don't talk about it. We don't develop it. We don't make it stronger. We don't value it. And that's changing because there are a lot of people and I don't want to like um, 
put like celebrities and billionaires like on a pedestal, but it it does help in the way that our culture is 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 angled. But when people that are known to be successful or innovative will say something like, "Oh well, I I follow my intuition. I listen mm. to my intuition. That's how I know." Because they're role models, yeah. Yeah. So would you say that mostly? A lot of what I, the examples I was hearing, it relates to fear. There's a fear and, and there's a fear in ourselves of like trusting that. There's a fear in the way we educate our children and the way the workplace is organized. There's a fear in the people that use it really fully. So it's, um, yeah. 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 And a fear of like, if you express something a little bit out of the box something that you can't prove like you're going to be shot down in some way you know maybe you're you you won't get promoted at work or you might get fired or you know there'll be consequences that will make your success or your survival in the system that we have um yeah that will that will be detrimental to to you just being able to provide for yourself and your family And so it gets caught up with the economics as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you were explaining when you talked about yourself how part of your work and your life's mission is, you know, to make life more beautiful. So how can our intuition help us feel um, like we're tapping or how can we tap in our intuition back to live a more beautiful or more fulfilling or, you know, reach our higher potential? What are like the big brush? Um, brush strokes that can help us well our intuition when we're really tuned into it it it's wired in a way that wants to create a more beautiful world it wants to create a more beautiful future it wants us to live from that place of soul it wants us to honor the the beauty and the fragility of the world that we live in of of humans you know of our nature It wants us to be creative and innovative and find ways to handle, shift, change, like whatever systems aren't working. And so by its very nature, it, it's, it's connected to not just our personal life and us being able to live in a way where we feel more connected to ourselves and more like we're living our dharma and that we that we know who we are but also that we are living our piece of the jigsaw puzzle mm -hmm. in the bigger collective story mm -hmm. in your book intuition you talk about how creating space can enable us to tap into our intuition more and really create some inner shifts. And if we think that fear is at the base of sometimes us not using our intuition, how can we use the space around us to create those inner shifts so we can listen a little bit more to our own wisdom, that own intelligence, like you said? Yeah, I focus quite a lot of my book on the, the clearing that needs to happen just to be able to hear ourselves. And We're living at a time that is, you know, I mean, right now it's very slowed down, but there's still a lot of information coming through, right, that we have to process and deal with, even though we might not be going many places physically. Mm -hmm. And so when there's so much, like, 
information in the world that's coming towards us. And we have all these stories of, of who we are, who we're meant to be, who we quote unquote should be. And, you know, this is what we call our conditioning. And that conditioning, it, it really stops us from being able to hear. Because if the voice of our conditioning is so strong, it feels like it's our only voice. Mm, and yeah. when we like break that down, we're like, oh, okay, that's like, that's an idea that, that comes from like my Indian great grandmother. And why do I need that now in 2021, <laughs> like in England? And so, you know, we're able to, to really lovingly work with these layers of conditioning and understand where they come from and then take away the power that they have Mm -hmm. yeah and that includes your self-critic which might be you know brought down from generation but it might also just be the way a bit more like cultural around you um and Within the, the space around us, you talked about clearing, and I think you were meant you were talking about like energetically clearing, but is uh, or like digital clearing, right? Like receiving that information, making space a little bit. Is there anything else in the like direct environment or in what we do, like consume a lot of technology that can help us create that space? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the more that we can simplify our inputs, mm-hmm. um, the more that we can be in that space of stillness. And, you know, that place of stillness is from where we can really hear. And we can and we can hear the subtlety of the guidance that we might be receiving mm-hmm. because there's there's that intuition that we can hear that's like the you know like quick like don't cross the road or you know like the kind of safety level kind of intuition but what we're really talking about here is that that subtle very subtle wisdom and that involves us having um, a, a relationship with our subtle body it involves us being in a rest and digest space in our nervous system. And there are so many ways and our physical environment has such um, a profound impact on how we feel and, and how, how much we're able to rest and, and really open up. And so just the very simpleness of not having clutter around, of tidying our space, of letting go of like old things that sort of might keep us trapped in certain memories or certain parts of ourselves Mm -hmm. of making our lives as spacious as possible like physically as well as emotionally and 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 scheduled wise Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so you mentioned that some intuition is like really strong and quick and fast like that survival I step out away from the bus coming How can we use our whole body to listen? Because there's some things that are more obvious like that, and there's some things that are more subtle. But the body sends us all sorts of messages, right? So how can we tap into that a little bit more fully? I feel that this is where having a physical yoga asana practice is so beneficial because it really allows us to awaken 
all the different parts of our body and have our body working together and you know that's when you can get to like the wisdom that's held in your little left toe <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know and you can get that specific and you can feel that the that the energetic lines are open and that the information is able to to move and to travel and you're able to really like come into a place of embodiment and come into a direct relationship with your whole body and so you 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 end up living in a way where it's not like all centered in the mind and the, the mind being like the dominant space like you can really feel like stirrings in different parts of your body you can feel information and wisdom like coming from different parts of your body and and it's powerful because the different parts of you have have different ways of of connecting. They're they're picking up on different signals. Mm-hmm. They're noticing different things. Mm-hmm. So, any mindful movement that's going to help us connect to how the body feels in a moment of like everything is good, so we can learn to notice when things are different like oh I feel like this really you know tightness in my throat now or I feel this you know nausea a little bit in my chest or I feel this discomfort or I feel this react like we can notice the reaction and the change so we have a baseline of understanding of awakening that understanding and that awareness yeah Absolutely. And it might also be like, I feel like a tingle in mm-hmm. my in my right knee, you know, yeah. I feel like a heat, like a really beautiful heat in my kidney. Like, you know, it doesn't have to all be like the, the, the warnings. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like, you know, a lot of people come to yoga, because the warning lights are going off in their body. But actually, it's so nice to be able to listen to like the beauty that your body, the, the lovely things that your body wants to share with you as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, feeling that spaciousness that we talked about or feeling just a difference between am I feeling expensive or am I feeling contracted? Just that simple as that. If you step on your mat and you feel expensive and you go back into your life off the mat and you meet a friend and you're like, oh yeah, I'm feeling expensive and I'm feeling you can kind of relate your experience back and forth, which is really yeah. nice and useful. So those might be... I mean, our body is kind of that gross material layer of who we are, you know, that I think we have the most clear contact with. So do you say that it's like the place to start with your intuition is in the body signals before you go to the things that are more subtle? I feel like it's not about giving like a a roadmap of the exact order because we're all so different Mm -hmm. and I find it really beautiful and amazing how people's intuition talk to them in different ways and there's often some similarities and yet depending on like who you are and just the the way the way that you're wired Mm -hmm, the way you process information yeah like something's going to be more useful for you than it is for me or you're going to be able to access something really easily through one pathway that someone else could spend like years trying to do and be like, I just can't do this. I guess nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. So I'm a real believer in actually using your intuition to guide you to like the path, right. To find what, what tools and what ways are going to be helpful to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So 
examples of the subtle aspects that um, show us or what are things that can help us go into the more subtle? We talked about being still, being one of those. So meditation, but also mindful movement. Um, and then we talked about creating space around us, like decluttering and lighten up your schedule or things like that. What other things in yoga or in general that can help us connect to the more subtle if it's not the pathway that is the easiest for us? Yeah, so I find energy work really helpful and mm-hmm. um, I mean that's my practice that's what I offer um on a one-to-one level because I find that with energy work you have an experience of being in your subtle body that you're not the one that has to get yourself into that state like somebody helps you to get you into that state mm-hmm. and then you're in this that state and you're like oh okay like this is my subtle body like you know you kind of um you get to you get to learn it. And then once you've learned it, like you might then find that state in your meditation or you might find that state in Shavasana. And mm, yeah. it kind of, it kind of opens up that awareness, like, like an initiation. And I also find that energy work, I mean, it's such a, a differing modality because there are many different traditions around it and people do it in different ways the way that I work in my sessions, I call them intuitive therapy, and we're actually clearing trauma patterns energetically, as well as opening qualities that are dormant within and and kind of really anchoring like Mm -hmm. these gifts like into every cell. And it's quite extraordinary when you feel something like that happening in your subtle body. And, you know, it's like, it teaches you that there's this whole unseen world that is there, absolutely is there. And yet we can't see it. Some people can, but most people that can were told that they were, you know, crazy when they were kids and like to stop seeing it yeah, or it wasn't really there. And, and so it's about developing that language. And when you, start to live in that language then you can get you can get more skilled at it and more refined and and then you you can start to enter into your subtle body and read your subtle body and read other people's subtle bodies and 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 be more consciously in that relationship Mm -hmm. that opens a different door for the information to come in through yeah, absolutely. And it also opens up like the door of of understanding yeah, that aspect of, of of psychic awareness. And when you're in meditation, you know, sometimes people might get like very clear imagery or hear very clear messages. But if you don't know what that is, like if you if you can't tell the difference between that and your thought mm-hmm. or that and your imagination like that's the learning mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. there's that there's a difference and I find that really beautiful like when that happens and that opens up and and we come into a relationship of, of trust and you know when you're like spending time with people that like live like that you know 
you might be talking about an idea and they'll be like, oh, I can see it. And it's like this and it looks like this. And, and you know, and you just get to bring a whole different level of dimensionality into, into the interactions and, and into life. So if we want to trust it more, we have to get in contact with it more. And so if people are challenged by the idea of making the difference between this is my inner voice, this is my inner critic, this is, those are my thoughts, and here is my intuition, do you have a tip to kind of start to be able to get clear on what is what and what to trust? Yeah, absolutely. I have a practice in the book and it's called Name, Name the Voices, simple title. <laughs> and it's, it's really about recognizing that we all have these different voices. And even that's like something that we've been told culturally is like mad, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, they've got like, look, they've got voices in their head. Yeah. You know, we've all got voices in our heads. <laughs> and, um, and that creates shame because we grow up thinking, okay, no one else has got a voice in their head. It's just, unless they're crazy, it's just me. Pretend you don't have any, pretend you don't have any. <laughs> and, then, and then it's such a relief when you're like, oh, what? Okay, everyone has that kind of dialogue happening. <laughs> and, so um, what I find can be really effective is when you actually start to give these different voices characters mm. and then you can kind of differentiate between these voices. And then you find that, that there are ones that are generally particularly mean and particularly judgmental. And, you know, you kind of give them characters, you make them caricatures a little bit. And then you're like, oh, yeah, OK, you know, it's nagging Nina again, like, you know, And, and you can even go deeper into like understanding like where did that voice come from like who why do you have that voice like what what is that voice trying to do and and also recognizing that that voice is trying to protect you and so making friends with it rather than like you know trying to like get rid of it mm -hmm. and, and and then it's like once you quieten some of those really you know, just those really difficult voices that, that, that eat at your self-worth and your confidence and, and your, your soul, like your soul way of being, then you tend to hear those quieter voices that have something else. And they have like a slightly different tone. And again, this, it gets into the subtlety. So you have to be prepared to like play and, and understand the subtlety of your being. Um, but then you hear like, these different voices and you know and might be like oh yeah this one this is like the, this is really my intuition this mm -hmm. is this is the voice from the depth of my soul like this is the voice from my ancestors you know this is my, my father who passed away and this is what he's where he's guiding me right now and, and you can then start to differentiate those voices as well and that's really beautiful when that happens that's super useful I love the idea of giving them a character I couldn't imagine like they have their own voice they have their own you know look or like make yeah. a little caricature for each of them and it makes you even more crazy but the image <laughs> for me is really helpful to kind of visualize what the voice or who the voice is is yeah. like kind of playful and even something you could do with young children to be like You know, this voice wears a hat and a trench coat. <laughs> It's, yeah, you know, totally. somber and yeah. Yeah, I think the, that's wardrobe a fun piece, the wardrobe piece is important <laughs> with these voices. Yeah. One thing you mentioned earlier is that the intuition is a way to connect with ourself, with our, our wisdom or trust. So do you think if we 
learn to connect more deeply in all aspects of our life. It opens our inner connection to intuition. Like if we deepen our general sense of connection with other people, with nature, with, you know, everything around us, how does that one affect the other? Yeah, beautiful question. Absolutely. It's all a spectrum and, you know, like living with your intuition is, is a whole level of intimacy that you have to have with yourself. And you if like you can that. cultivate that kind of intimacy with other people and be prepared to be real with other people, to reveal parts of yourself with other people, you know, to, to really live from that place of, of, of authenticity in connection, in relationship, then that makes it so much easier to access that with yourself. And and then to be able to, um, yeah, to, to really to really live with that 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 beautiful intimacy, because you have to also be able to like recognize your shadows and be comfortable with your shadows. You have to you have to open up to like the different sides of yourself that your intuition might be nudging you towards that perhaps the sides of yourself you're less comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I I find that it really helps to have that connection with other people it really helps have connection with other people that are also committed to living from their intuition because that really just opens up both the permission but also the learning like you see how someone else is doing it and you're like does that work for me and you can try it and then maybe it does maybe it doesn't and but you can try these different things but I find also connection with nature and being able to really listen to the earth and listen to what she's saying and and what the messages are there and and that really yeah it opens up this whole other level of language Mm -hmm. you have this thing in the book called the beauty way can you tell us about that yeah the beauty way I really liked it 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 comes from a Navajo prayer and so the indigenous Navajo people and it is I mean essentially it's it's really just a way of life that that honors like what is beautiful about life what is beautiful about connection and 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 like living life a little bit as a prayer I just want to see if I can read a a little bit of the prayer I can't remember if I wrote the prayer in the book but there's a there is an actual prayer that's so sweet I feel like you did I didn't actually write the um the maybe prayer. I searched it after. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um but yeah, it's a it's a whole approach to life, a, a reverence for the sacred and for our inner world, for others and for the earth. Um I can find the prayer and read it if you'd like. Sure. If you like. Sure. Why not? I love that idea of connecting to so much more. And like offering that reverence and, you know, treating everything around us as sacred, because then that includes us too. And for people that struggle with seeing themselves as sacred, sometimes starting with outside of yourself to then bring that back in is a way to get there. That's a little bit 
easier to access for some people. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a translation, of course, Mm -hmm. um, but it's so simple that it's so profound. In beauty, I walk. With beauty before me, I walk. With beauty behind me, I walk. With beauty above me, I walk. With beauty around me, I walk. It has become beauty again. 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 Yeah, that makes my chest tingle. So (laughs) there's really something there that it just, it touches me. It's super simple, as you say, but yeah, there's something really special in that prayer. Yeah, there really is. Thank you for sharing it with us. (laughs) So obviously we've talked about how we can use our intuition for things in our life that we are in control of or trying to control, right? Making a decision or reacting to our reactions. But how can we use the tools of intuition for the parts of our life that we can control, that we have no, you know, the the future or for how can we use that knowing, that trusting, I guess it comes down to that, to Mm. be okay with the unknown, be okay with, you know, surrendering, be okay with letting go a little bit yeah I feel like when we're when we're living really from our intuition you know it, it's 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 similar to what we learn from really living a life of yoga um that we become we become comfortable with the uncertainty we're not trying to control everything and we're able to really like listen and flow with life in, in a whole different way. And there's this beautiful word, um, a Sanskrit word, which is pratiba. And it simultaneously means intuitive insight, embodied instinct and creative inspiration. Mm. And what I love is that with pratiba, it's like, it's, it's an inner wisdom that leads you towards what is beneficial to all beings as you weave together with the pattern of life itself. And this means that your own intuitive guidance, when it's really coming from that, that place that is, is very clear and is aligned and isn't selfish, you know, it's not like, how can I use my intuition, my spirituality, my, my yogic mastery to like get myself more stuff, you know, but it's really like, how can I use this to listen to like who I am and what it is that I have to offer and find, really find my peace. And mm. it, it has within it a, a level of harmony and trust and understanding and and being able to really be with what is and, and within that moment to find the presence and to find, you know, what's the wisdom now? What's the intuition guiding me towards now? And so, yeah, it opens up this like this kind of unknown way of living. And what I find really interesting is that 
in many ways, life is is unknown and uncertain. Anyway, you know, we we have a job, but at any point we could get fired. We have a boyfriend or a wife or a partner, and at any point they could decide to leave. <laughs> we have parents. At any point they could die. You know, like everything that we think is certain. We have a home. It could get set on fire. Like, you know, all of these things are possible, but we, we, we live in a cultural way where we, we create as much certainty as we can. Mm -hmm. And there's something really powerful about acknowledging that actually those things in which we create certainty aren't actually that certain. And, and all we have is like, is the present that we're in and that we can continually be really feeling and contemplating like does this feel right for me in this moment like is this aligned and that that might be a different answer to what it was the day before the month before the week before like in intuition it has an aliveness to us to it it's present it brings that aliveness to us Mm -hmm. So by becoming more present to it, we kind of get off that autopilot mode and off the, I'm a victim of whatever's happening and I can envision my future, even if I can't control it, I can envision and see if I feel aligned with what I am envisioning. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it allows us to hold life a little bit more lightly. Um, and so one can still have very clear intentions around you know what what you want what feels right um but there's also like an openness around it so I can give you an example from my own life that I Please. moved out of my apartment in London um in 2016 and I haven't had plans very far ahead like since I did that and so I've spent a lot of time in in England, in Bali, in India, in America during that time. And sometimes, you know, you might have something like I'm teaching on something in September next year. And so there's like markers, but I wouldn't necessarily have like a clear structure or like a knowing of where I'll be next month or, or how that will unfold. And it took a lot of like clearing space to, to make that happen. Um, and It, it meant that I, I stopped myself from always feeling like I was leaving the thing early that was just getting started or I was rushing to, to mm. something. And I, I often had a feeling of like I wasn't in the right place um, because I was always kind of rushing because the schedule was so full. And, and so I, I created that openness and I came back to England for a few weeks to see my parents in February, 2020. And as it has unfolded, I'm here because that's what's felt right. And at the moment I'm kind of, I'm in, in the space where I need to be around for my family. And, you know, my friends are like, well, what, what are you doing next? Like, where are you going to go? Where, do, where are you going to live next? Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know yet. And it's not from a, a kind of flighty, like indecisive place. It's like, it's just not clear and I don't want to hold on to an idea mm, but mm -hmm. you know because I was leaving Bali you know I was leaving Bali for a few weeks 
that I have to go straight back to Bali as soon as I can. It's it's like why well, I need to listen to what's real now, what's unfolding now, what's opening, what feels right, and let myself also be surprised and delighted by life as well. Um, maybe there's something that I hadn't even considered that is going to unfold on the path ahead for me. Yeah. And so at the moment I, I live like that. It's easier to live like that when you don't have dependence, but I know, <laughs> I know people that live like that when they do. Um, and it doesn't have to be as extreme as like where you live um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or even what you do for a living it's just it, letting it, go a little bit of that gripping of how things should be in your mind yeah. and just be open to like things evolve things change what I need changes everything around changes I think with COVID this year we've really learned that things change and then you have to reorganize your plan and how much you're clinging to what you originally plan that's gonna make you you know suffer quite a bit if you can't let go of that like attachment Yeah. So I want to go ahead. We've all been learning that through the pandemic. (laughs) It's been like a collective teaching. Totally. It it has been like, yeah, like earth lesson. Like, okay. There was a few lessons, but that was definitely one of them. So last question I wanted to ask you before we kind of wrap this up. If we're taking step on like our intuitive journey and trying to connect with it, How do we know, we talked about like making the difference in the voices, but how do we know, how do we cultivate that trust that we take step and then something happens? Is there like something to help people um, lean into it and look back and like, oh yeah, I did the right thing or the right thing, quote unquote. Like I did listen to my intuition and it unfolded a certain way or I did not and something else happened. How do we, you know, slowly build block by block or comfort and capacity to connect yeah because we have to remember that we are like we're taught to validate information you know that's that's how we're educated and it's also how we live and so I find that um you can create an intuition diary which is one of the practices in the book and it's really like allowing yourself to gather some evidence and to to create some self-validation So you can write in your diary, like the intuitive guidance that you get, like whether you acted on it or not and what the consequences were. And this might be like something that happens over time as well. Like it might not be that you can tell the day after, but six months later, you're like, oh, wow. Well, yeah, I really had the strong sense to do that and I didn't do it. And then all this drama happened and, you know, you can write all that down and, and, and also when you are writing this intuition diary also write like how did you receive that piece of information mm-hmm. um how did how did that feel because then you can also start to differentiate between the the quality of the intuitive information and you're like oh when it feels like that when i hear it like that that's the stuff that i really need to listen to and you know when i hear it like this or i feel it here that's like, you know, I can't, it's good if I listen to it, but it don't have to, I, you know, and so you actually start to kind of build up some data that, that means that you can analyze the patterns mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's all about using your rational, logical mind with your intuitive intelligence. They're not separate, you know, they, they do work together. And so actually using that rational analytical 
data-oriented part of our brain with the intuitive. And, and I find that that can be really helpful because you start to map out your patterns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can go back six months ago and be like, oh, this happened. Because if you don't write it down, you're prob- you might not remember as clearly exactly what was the hit, how did it come, what did you do? Because as you say, there's patterns. So there's things we're going to repeat in the same, you know, in similar ways. So it's interesting to be able to go back and have that information yeah. down somewhere. Mm-hmm. And doing it where the stakes are lower as well, you know. So, yeah, write down the really big insights around relationships and work and living where you live, but also the small things. Like, I had a feeling that that food was there was something off with that food, and then I, you know, Ate had diarrhea. Like, you know, yeah. like you, it's it's just it, it it doesn't always have to be the big things, and you can also have fun with it as well, you know you can you can feel into things like okay like when I go and talk to Erica what color is her jumper going to be and like write that down as well and so you're you're opening up that whole kind of field of play with it Mm -hmm. and playing and practicing with things that don't have a huge impact or a lot of consequences really helps you build that trust for when you do have a make you have to make a decision that will have consequences absolutely Mm, yeah can I ask you about your intuition and, and how how it kind of comes through for you? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I use meditation a lot when I need to ask or when I need to get clear onto something. So I sit in meditation and I just literally ask the question that I'm looking to get an answer for. And I do get oftentimes pretty clear um, words and answers, like voices that I know are not my inner voice and my inner critic. And I also have this um, two practices. One is I've used for a long time muscle testing. Mm. So, and at some point it just stopped working. And I was talking with my spiritual teacher and I'm like, I, you know, I love this, you know, muscle testing. I've been practicing a lot with food just to develop that, you know, is that a good food for me today? Is that what I need to eat? Like simple things like that. And one day just stopped working and she was like, well, you don't need this tool anymore. You're ready to go to some, you know, something different. So in meditation, I've practiced to feel the right side of my body getting, getting a enlivened when it's a yes and the left side of my body getting energized when it's a no so I've practiced this a lot in meditation just feeling yes is here no is here yes is here no is here in my hand in my shoulder in my and then now in life I often just close my eyes and it's like is I feel something on my right side or on my left side so I've kind of created this little pattern for myself which works really well I find um, beautiful within me yeah so those would be like the the biggest tools um, that I use like on a regular base definitely and also in meditation when I ask you know you don't always get the words now and you don't always get the answers now but I just notice the next days so like right now I'm searching for an apartment And I've sat in meditation and, you know, envisioned what kind of apartment I wanted to have and what I was looking for and what felt good and, you know, all these things. And then I had a few apartment options. And so I was asking, 
how do I feel about this apartment? Does this feel good? Does this feel like a place where I'll, you know, thrive and be happy? And I didn't necessarily get a clear answer right away. But then the day after, something happened and I was like, oh, no, this apartment's not for me. Like just the little thing that I might have not really picked up normally, but it was a little sign or a little, you know, not like a synchronicity, but an information that I would have not seen as relevant before, but because I asked the question, the information felt really relevant. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, like a subtle sensation. Yeah. But... Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So that's Beautiful. mostly my relationship to it. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for asking. Anything else you want to add before we finish? Like if there's one takeaway you'd like listeners to leave uh, today with, what would that be? Simply that our intuition is nothing to fear. It's, it's such um, a beautiful, exquisite part of our intelligence. And I genuinely believe that if each one of us, if every single human being on this planet could open up that relationship with, with their intuition, like our world would just transform in so many ways. And there is so much wisdom that's just there it's just there and you know let's not waste it like let's 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 tap into it let's learn from it let's bring it into the world great it's a great way to finish i'll put obviously all your info in the show notes but in the meantime where's the best place for people to find you if they want to ask more questions if they want to get your book intuition or they want to study with you or uh, work with you energetically in any way you offer Yeah, thank you. So my website is amisha, A-M-I-S-H-A dot co dot U-K. And there's links to everything on there. Um, And the podcast is The Future is Beautiful. And for now, I'm on Instagram at Amisha Gadiali. You can get the spelling from the title. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. That was a really pleasurable episode. Thank you, Erica. It's been so nice to connect with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen. Come and connect with us on IG at On and Off Your Mat Podcast and visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat to become a premium member and get your hands on all our exclusive content and give back to the community in the same time. Check out the show notes on my website, ericabelanger.com. You'll find more info about our guests of today, Amisha Gadiali, and my top five biggest takeaways from this episode. You can also sign up for my newsletter there. I have some exciting stuff coming up, so you don't want to be missing that. Now, before we go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast and their support in making this all possible. Once again, thank you guys for listening. Until next time.